Hi, this is Paul Butler. I'm the Senior Pastor of New Heart Baptist Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We hope that this podcast will be a great blessing to you and encourage your life. Yeah, it's great. Um, Michelle and I uh, went down with our family to do the second round of cleanup uh, for both our sister-in-law's place and my parents-in-law's place. And um, yeah, and Brad and took a team down to help with the Westels and cleaned out uh, machinery sheds that were just completely wiped out. Um, we, I was talk, working with Cassie Love this week. Uh, she was able to go to, she was at an evacuation centre. She met an older man who'd lost everything uh, and we were able to connect uh, Cassie with Fishers of Men and they were able to stock him up. Cassie, as you mentioned, Brad had emailed me yesterday and I forwarded on to Brad about the, the couple that need accommodation um, and have lost everything. Can I just mention, as being people who were a part of a crew cleaning up a house, um, when, when everything is submerged for a number of days and you're cleaning out stuff, it's really hard to know what is savable. Um, you actually have to have somewhere to put it so it can be cleaned up and within a very short period of time, otherwise mould and stuff, if it's wood or fabric or anything like that, the, the danger to your health, having it even in a place where you go back to, can be really bad. So, you know, you did hear about a couple that had everything lost. It's really, when you're a helper trying to get stuff out of a house so that it's not um, a problem for health, it's really, really hard. So I kind of... As a volunteer, I kind of get that. And then having been there yesterday, um, I spent the afternoon... My son-in-law said this to me. Um, he said, well, we're just washing up a pile of um, boxes and boxes of glasses and, and porcelain and crystal that have been in the lower uh, cabinets downstairs. And there was just, just so much of it. It took us all afternoon and we didn't get finished. And my son-in-law said, do you think they'll ever use this again? And, and he said, um, we have to remind ourselves what we're doing and why we're doing it. He said, they may never use this stuff again, but we're not, doing, we're not cleaning the stuff because they might use it or that they might use it again. We're doing it because they said it's important and this is our way of loving them. And so for a whole afternoon, we washed up stuff that may never get used again. Why? Because it was important to them and they're, they're, they're just spun out by this whole circumstance. And we did the same in the morning with our... Um, I, I got my hands are trashed from washing up. Um, and, uh, but we did that all morning and some of the stuff that we washed up from my brother and sister-in-laws, they said, we, we don't know what we'll keep. So it's a, it's a reality, but I, I want to use this as an... A, an expression of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is a technical name, but it's actually just a different way of calling um, the, the church a name. It's, it's an image that, that the body, hands, fingers, arms, eyes, nose, ears, is, is a way of describing what we're meant to be like. Another, another word to describe what we're meant to be like is like a family. Um, and obviously 
that can be good and <laughs> cannot be good. But I think the church is a bit like that too. You know, we've got happy families and, and families that are tight and we've got families that are dysfunctional and not so good. If I could have my slides up, that would be great. Thank you, Keith. Um, so, but this body image, we're going to read uh, a passage from Corinthians and we're going to talk a little, little bit about that. I'm only just starting now, so it's 10-12. Gee, that's hard. Um, but um, I, I want to talk about a healthy body and it needs every part to play its part. And what was really cool about my experience with the team on Tuesday, the pastors, Brad, Jill, and um, Joe, and Manita, and, uh, and Kelly came down, and, this, and my brothers and my, my, my niece came down, and then some people that I didn't even know came, and this other team of Christians from churches on the Sunshine Coast and the Gold Coast who were working with a charity called uh, Convoy of Hope, who just do disaster relief. They're just working with all these beautiful people and you, you, we needed every part. And I, and I said to the, um, Joel, the, the head of Convoy of Hope, I said, we could not have done this if it hadn't been for you 15 people turning up with your smiles and just slogging it out with us. Just dragging stuff out that's you know, all floppy and wet and ah, uh, it stunk and... But we did it together. We were the body of Christ. We, even though we didn't go to the same church, we were the body of Christ. We were together in this. We we're brothers and sisters working together. It was, and we need every part to play it. Um, so I just want to give you a quick recap on last week. Last week we talked about the church being like the beautiful game. And I said that the church is actually for anyone, anywhere, anytime. And we all get to play. I think too much of the Church of Jesus Christ has become um, about the idea that we are kind of more spectators, more fans in the stands, and we're watching the main event here, and there's seats, and there's a stage, and the stage is, is for the special people, and they've got all the gifts, and we're going to talk about that. But the beautiful part of the church, God entrusted his mission to everyday disciples, and he said to them, you are going to be filled with my power. You're going to have my power and you are going to do my mission with my power and everyday disciples. You know, I remember that part in Acts where they looked at this group of unschooled, ordinary people and they, they noted but they had been with Jesus. Everybody here who knows Jesus, put your hand up. You are a disciple, whether you're schooled by theology or non-theology, whatever. If you're not a leader, it doesn't matter. If you're with Jesus, you get to play. Who's excited about that? But here's the thing. We get to play together. Everybody thinks individually because we live in an individualistic world. But Acts chapter 2, 42, uses this word, Devoted. They were devoted together, and that Greek word has this thing, and I'm just simplified it from last week, putting all our heart and soul together. And it's like a rugby union scrum. And Pastor Brad came to me and he said, Paul, there's been a change of rules. There's now four steps to setting a scrum. Now you went, what are the three that you remember? Bind, set, engage. Well, there's actually one that they've added. And I didn't know because I haven't seen rugby union this year. It's only just started. It's touch. So these massive group of men, the first thing they have to do is they have to reach out to the other side 
and touch to ensure that they're in close enough for it not to collapse. And I just thought, oh God, you've increased this image for us that we are the church that's called to touch. And we are a bit of a huggy-feely church and COVID has been extremely hard for many of us, right? It's kind of like, I just want to get a hug. I want to give a hug. I want to give, you know. And for some of you who are not touchy-feely, it's kind of like, oh, COVID is just my blessing. (laughs) (laughs) But whether it's physical, whether it's just personally connected, we live in a world that is not. And the church has got to be connected. Touch. Then we gather, bind, then we set, we set our eyes on Jesus and the mission is given us and then we engage in that. So I want to take you through a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians is an interesting lever. It starts in chapter 1 where Paul talks about the divisions in the church and these are some of the divisions that he had to, to, to controversies, divisions, the issues that were going on. And some of the letters, many of the letters were responses to some of the questions and issues that the leaders of those churches had sent back to Paul and said, what do we do with this? Well, some of them was, who's the best leader? Uh, Is that a problem today? Have you ever had conversations with people about their favourite podcast, YouTube uh, person? And man... We have celebrity uh, Christian leaders and they're not even start wanting to be celebrity leaders, but we make them celebrities. And, um, oh boy, that's a problem. Who is the best leader? Who cares? Not addressing sin in the lives of followers. You know, when you don't see yourself as a part of a whole, when you just see you, you as me, I'm a Christian. I, I just do me and you do you then I can live the way I want. I don't have to live according to the word. I don't have to live according to God's design. I get to live according to my way. But in the um, Corinth, on, on a number of issues, Paul is saying to them, listen, you are a body. You are together. You are a representation of God's family. When things are out of line, you need to address it. Don't pretend that it's not happening. So, He had to address sin in the lives of followers and say, listen, you need to follow up on that. You need to deal with that. Um, You're not not called to judge and, and say to people outside the church, you're all wrong. What you're called to do is call Christians, followers, disciples of Jesus to live like Jesus. When you are devoted to one another and to God, then you get that level of accountability. It's not placed on you. It's not forced on you. It is because you are part of a whole. You are not, it is not this whole mantra, you do you and I'll do me. That does not exist in the church. What I do affects you. What you do affects me and affects one another. We have to see ourselves not just as the me, but as the we. So Paul talks about lawsuits against followers where People with fellow Christians were having disputes and taking them to civil courts. That was a problem. There was problems with eating food offered to idols, where some were eating food offered to idols, saying, no problem for me. And other people were saying, it's a big problem for me because I used to eat food offered to idols. Another one was dishonouring one another when they meet and eat. So when they did the Lord's Supper, the wealthy people would bring food and the people who had no food 
would not get fed or the rich people would get fed first. And so class and money was starting to enter into their common meeting together. And he's going, no, 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 this should not be. So there's lots of things happening in the church. So we're about to read a passage where Paul talks about the, the church as the body. But before we do that, just let me just say, oh, I think there are two major influences that come from outside of the world into the church that affect the influence that influence and undermine the health of the body of Christ. When I use the word body of Christ, just think of us. All the disciples of Jesus in this particular locality and around the world, right? That's the body of Christ. Consumerism. Uh, do we live in a consumer society? Are we all basically consumers? Right. It does affect us, right? It affects our thinking. It affects the way we live. But basically, if you boil it down, consumerism talks about what's in it for me. And the second one is individualism. It's the me versus the we. And individualism is a massive thing. That comment I said before, you do you and I'll do me. The, the, the importance and the value placed on the individual versus the good, the common good of all this, is, this has become a real issue in our culture, but it's becoming an issue in our church because what happens is that people can see themselves as a person who attends church, who goes to church. They can actually see themselves as being a Christian, but not connected to attending or even being with other Christians and say, I am a Christian, but I have no connection, no relationship with anybody in a church. That's individualism at the extreme. That I can see myself as a Christian but not connected in relationship to or being a part of the body of Christ. It's kind of like cutting off your finger and going, I am a member or I once was a member of the body. How do you play a part in a body if you no longer join to it? You can't receive from the body and the body can't receive from you what you have. So we're going to read this passage through. Now, this is going to be a challenge. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. Christ is the head of the body. As a body, though it's one, it's got many parts. Everybody get your hands out and do this. Just your hands, I've got many parts. How many moving, if you don't have it, if you've got all your fingers? Some of you have lost them, I know, in accidents, but, you know, we've got fingers. All right, so just your hands. Uh, I don't know how many parts are just involved from my shoulders down lots, right? But this is a body, but it's actually part of the whole. But we all, all of it, it's many parts form one body, so it's with Christ. For we're all baptised, immersed by one spirit, so as to form one body. And then he's talking about demographics here. So like Jews and Gentiles. You know there's a problem between Jews and Gentiles in the Bible? Where the, you know, some of the Jews are saying you need, to do, to be, you need to get circumcised and you need to do all the things that Jews do to be a Christian. And Paul had to write in Galatians to say, no, that's not how it works. So there was a problem with that. Uh, slave or free, there was people who were slaves and free and there was people treated the slaves differently to the free man. And they said, well, because you're a slave, you're a second-class Christian. 
And, and, and also male and female, the same thing was happening there. And we're all given, but here's the thing Paul says, but we're all given the one spirit to drink. There's two things. We are immersed, and then, so we're immersed, that's on the outside, and then we're filled, given the one spirit to drink. Paul's just making lots of different images here to give us, reinforce this idea we're one. And we're one because we share the one spirit. If you're a Christian in the room here today, you've been immersed into Jesus and his salvation through water. You've been immersed into his spirit and we have been immersed into his spirit, his presence and his power. And thirdly, you've been immersed into each other, the body of Christ. So, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Whoop, I'm going backwards. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, which would be really funny... Because how would it move? How would it eat? How would it hear? Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? And, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts for one body. Do you notice that Paul keeps saying the same thing, but in different ways? But I just want to go back to this part. It says, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. What does that look like today? Where someone says, I'm not a hand, therefore I'm not a part of the body. What does that look like today? How could you apply that today? Where might you see that today? Chris? Yeah, yes, that's a great example. So someone says, I don't have the gift of an evangelist, so I don't feel I can share my faith. Or I know people that go, the only gifts that matter are the one that happen up here. And because I don't have a gift that operates or functions up on the stage, then I've got nothing and I'm just, I'm just a nobody really and I really don't play a part. Is that true? But I think the culture of church that we, that we have today reinforces that this is important and this is not important. I don't do that. But I think the culture, the way we think, the mindset that we have reinforces that the stage is important and the seats are for you to consume, to listen, for, for you to watch and observe and, and you just, we give it all and you take it all. And we, we get into our roles and we assume our roles, right? It's like a, a fan of a football match. They go, they take their seat, they get their food and they watch, watch the teams come out and yay, 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 yay. And then the, the team does their performance and then they go and that was a great match, wasn't it? But they didn't play. They weren't a part of the team. They weren't involved. But you know what? The church is not 
fans on the outside. It's actually playing your part, whether hidden or whether seen, whether on the field or whether behind the scenes. The church of Jesus is touch, bind, set, engage. We are all playing our part because we are part of a beautiful God's mission on the earth and we need one another. Uh, I do not belong to the body. How many people in this room have people who do not belong to the body? They, but they believe in Jesus. I thought about this week. There are two great commands. There are three great commands. Love the Lord your God. Love, uh, uh, love one another as I have loved you and love your neighbour as yourself. And the third is to go into all the world, into all the nations and make disciples. The second one is the one that Christians who say they love God but don't love the church because they've been hurt or because it doesn't fill them or fulfill them or they don't like the way church is or they've got a problem with this or they've got a problem with that. You know what? It's a little bit like my washing up exercise. Michelle and I have been lovers of Jesus' church for all our married life and we will not stop. The church can be really, really annoying. And Michelle and I can be really annoying. The church can be dysfunctional. The church can do bad things. The church, but you know what? It is God's plan. It is God's way of revealing his love and his good news to the world. Broken, tattered, torn, dysfunctional, but beautiful, redeemed. Filled with his spirit. Not pure, not completely perfect. Not at all perfect. But it is what it is. And you know what? Michelle and I are fully committed to the body of Christ becoming as healthy and as functional as possible. And we have got to stop allowing ourselves opt-out options. I do not belong. Means you don't receive and you don't give. It's a really sad state because how often have you heard people that do not connect, do not touch, bind, set together, but come and only every, every now and then. They're not involved in relationship with another. They're not part of each other. And when a crisis hits their life, they go, yes, I was away from church for six weeks and no one called me. Maybe you've said that. And I would dare to say this, if you were in a tight group of uh, connections and bound to people and you were away or you were sick or you were this or you were that, guess what would happen? If you had been loving and reciprocating love, having love reciprocated and it was like this and there was a binding together and a connecting together, what would have happened when you were away? Those people, first of all, would know because you would have told them. You were close enough that they would have known there was a problem. And they were cl you were close enough to know that if you shared that, that problem, they would say, we'll be there for you. But if you're not close enough, what's going to happen? They don't miss you because you're not there every six weeks anyway. Or four weeks, or you're only there two weeks. And it's, you're just coming to this thing, which is called a service, and you don't go all... People, how... Like, as a pastor, I go... 
uh, well, you come to our service every couple of maybe two or three times a term and we're supposed to know when you're not on holidays, you're not away or you're not... And we get blamed because you're not fully committed and, and devoted to other people so that when you are having those issues... People know and people love you. People connect with you. We can't blame others when we're disconnected. Um, I heard it said the other day, um, and I'm going to have to pull the pin. I'll just finish here. Um, When we get hurt by people in the church, ever been hurt by someone in the church? By a leader? We have to acknowledge that. It's real. Whether it's true or not, that's not my job. If you feel it, if you feel disconnected and you feel you do not belong because that person said this or that person did that or that leader didn't do this or this this or that, but whatever, let's deal with it. Let's resolve it before the Father who wants his children to be reconciled, brought back. He wants the simple things, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. The most simple things that Jesus said are the hardest things. If you do not forgive, how can I, how can I forgive you? Because this is, the, this is the bottom line. So when we feel like withdrawing from other people, God is saying, come to me with your pain. Come to me with this feeling of unforgiveness. Come to me with your anger, your hurt, your frustration and bring that before me so that you have grace to extend to those who have hurt you. You might be sitting there today going, I am one of those people. The body of Christ needs you to resolve this with God the Father. If you need someone to talk it through and pray with you, then let's get that happening. If you can't do it by yourself and you say, I can't do this, it's just too much pain for one person to deal with, but I want to deal with it, then talk to us about that. Talk to your leaders, talk to your life group, talk to somebody and just begin to resolve so that you do not separate yourselves from the body. You you might know people outside of this meeting today who don't attend church because they're disenfranchised, they've been hurt and they've gone, I'm done with the church. Just listen, brothers and sisters, can I just say to you, just offer to stand with them and say, would you like someone to help pray through that with you? I'd I'd love to be able to pray for you about that because Jesus wants us to be one as he is one. Jesus wants us to be family and body and working together and devoted to one another. This is God's will for us. It's not God's will that we remain hurt and disconnected and not working together. That's not God's plan. Anybody ever been in a family situation where there's disunity? Who wants that for anybody? We should desire unity. We should desire that we reconcile when we get hurt, that people work through their pain into a place where it's resolved. Unresolved pain, when you've got the healer of all pain, is 
is holding back from what God can do in you. I believe in his restorative healing, mercy and grace that can flood a person's heart who's been completely written off by people, who's, who's got no hope, no desire, no nothing. I believe in the power of the name of Jesus and his blood and his work on the cross that can restore a broken heart because humans will break one another's heart. But God can heal. And the body of Christ needs to belong. I do not belong to the body. It's a very sad statement. Yes, you do. And Jesus has ways and resources for you to come and to receive mercy and grace for your need. So I just want to finish there and I want to pray with you right now. And after I've prayed, then I welcome anybody to come down and we would love to pray with you. And I'll get the CL team to come down the front and just uh, sit on the stage. And if you want to pray with somebody this morning, just say, look, I've got this unresolved pain, uh, unresolved burden, unresolved offence, unresolved, and it's keeping me from, from working together with God's team. Then just come and resolve it. Work it through. Get prayer. Get the love of a brother, a lover of a sister. Lord Jesus. <sighs> We're not perfect, God. This church is not perfect. But you're perfect. And you've baptized us into you with giving us one spirit. And you've caused us to drink from one spirit. So we share this. And God, we're sorry for the times we've hurt each other. As a church, we just accept that we've done that. And we pray for our brothers and sisters being hurt and who feel like they no longer belong. We pray for a miracle of mercy, Lord, and grace. That they would no longer be outsiders who love you, but Lord, that they will actually have a resolution, Lord. That they would be that this this break from the body would be reconciled. You'd restore that which is broken. And Lord, that you would make us one as you are one. God, we want to honor what you honor. We want to Put forward, Lord, that we desire to honour you as the church of Jesus on the earth by being united as you are united. And we want to represent you well and we know that we can't do that unless we love one another well. They help us to obey the second command. And Lord, for those who are really hurting, Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, heal them with a transformation that only you can do. Holy Spirit, we would just welcome you right now, ask you to hover upon them. Let your healing begin to flow in their hearts right now. Your healing come now, Jesus. Just if you've got a broken heart, if you've got an offense, if you've got anger or even hatred in your heart, 
towards someone or something to do with church. Know that you can hold out your hand and say, Jesus, please heal this. I give it to you. And then ask the Lord to fill you with his grace, forgiveness. Amen.